Today we're going to be dealing with the topic of praying in the Holy Ghost, which is something that comes from the book of Jude. It's mentioned in verse 20 where it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, so that phrase, I believe, has been misunderstood and misused uh, by a number of folks. I think the best way to explain what this is is actually to explain what it is not. We have to first undo a lot of bad teaching that surrounds that phrase before we can get to the bottom of what it really is. Uh, praying in the Holy Ghost is not speaking in some sort of a glossolalia or a, a gibberish tongue. I, I think that's the most apt way to describe what a lot of folks mean when they say speak in tongues. Uh, their understanding of unknown tongues from the book of Corinthians is that uh, you, you speak in a language, some heavenly language that no one could possibly understand and no one has ever heard, that type of thing. So what you're reading in the book of Jude, I, I don't believe has anything to do with that. For that matter, I don't think you're going to find one time in the Bible where anyone speaks in a, a gibberish tongue as they're being led by the Holy Spirit. It, it just doesn't happen. In the book of Acts, you have people speaking in other tongues, which is a miracle. The people that were speaking in those other tongues had never studied those languages, and yet they were able to speak them. And the people around them could understand what was being said. No interpreter was necessary. But then when you get to the book of 1 Corinthians, you read about an unknown tongue, which is the exact opposite of other tongues. And there it says if, if someone's using an unknown tongue, it needs to be interpreted, which shows you it is the exact opposite of what happened in the book of Acts. They didn't need interpreters there. So in 1 Corinthians, what you're reading about is somebody speaking in a language that the congregation doesn't know. It is unknown to them, and therefore they need an interpreter. There's nothing necessarily miraculous about that. Now, when we read praying in the Holy Ghost, it has nothing to do with tongues at all. It has to do with prayer. So again, the best way to explain what it is is to explain what it is not. It is the opposite of praying in the flesh. So rather than praying selfishly, rather than thinking about what you want, praying according to your lusts, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, uh, you are seeking the will of God. You are seeking godly things. Uh, you are seeking to be led of the Spirit and to hear what the Spirit has to say. Uh, you might remember in Revelation 2, Jesus said, let him that has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. So we as individuals can also hear the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, we read about having communion with the Holy Ghost. I believe that's very similar to what Jude is trying to get across here. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, we are praying as we ought to. You'll find in certain places the phrase, walk in the Spirit. Uh, Paul expounds on this in Galatians chapter 5 and in Romans chapter 8 and in other places it's mentioned. But walking in the Spirit is, is another way of saying that you're led of the Spirit that you're doing things the way the Holy Spirit would want you to do them. And if you do that and you yield or submit to Him, then there is evidence of that. 
And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, and so forth, all of those attributes. When, when we think of walking in the Spirit, I would think of that as like the heading under which many other virtues uh, comes, such as praying in the Spirit, witnessing in the Spirit, preaching in the Spirit, um, loving my wife in the Spirit. I'm going to do everything in my life according to the, the way the Holy Spirit wants me to do it. So if I'm walking in the Spirit, one of the things that that will affect is how I pray. And I'm going to pray the way God wants me to. And if you do that, then Jude verse 20 says you are going to be building up yourself. It'll be very edifying when you pray and seek the will of God and and wait to hear from Him as you pray. I think there's something else I, I could add to this matter of praying in the Holy Ghost in Revelation chapter 1 and in Revelation chapter 4, we have, we have this phrase that is used in Revelation 1 and verse number 10. It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Well, it's that phrase, in the Spirit, that I find interesting. Um, when you read Revelation 1, you're going to see that John had... A, a very special revelation or vision of Jesus Christ standing among the candlesticks. And I believe what he's getting across here when he says, I was in the Spirit. If you look at verse 9, he says, um, he was in the Isle of Patmos. So even though John is physically on the Isle of Patmos, I believe because it says he's in the Spirit, he is allowed to see something in the spiritual realm, something that you couldn't naturally see. And the same thing happens in Revelation 4, verse number 2. He says, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So, again, John is given this vision of heaven, and he's taken there. Whether he's taken there physically, I, I'm not, I'm not going to eliminate that possibility, but the way that it looks, his body remained in Patmos, but... He has entered into the spiritual realm, and now he is being shown and, and allowed to see things that he couldn't see in the natural realm. Well, that, that makes sense then when I, when I think of this as it's connected to prayer. He is in the Spirit. I am to pray in the Holy Ghost. So when I pray, I enter into my prayer closet, right? That's Jesus gave us that idea in Matthew chapter 6, and we shut the door. Um, for me, my prayer closet is often my, my office. And when I shut the door and I close my eyes and I go to God in prayer, I am no longer just in my office. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, one of my favorite verses in verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So my body might be in my office, but spiritually... If I'm understanding this right, I am at the throne of God. Well, I think that's connected to praying in the Holy Ghost. I am not only dealing with the natural realm, but I am entering into and operating within the spiritual realm. So there's obviously a lot of things that I've said in this video that could lead to other questions, especially when it comes to the issue of tongues, and I understand that. But I've run across it so many times where people say that praying in the Holy Ghost is the same as speaking in tongues. And I... I just don't think that those two things should go together. I, I understand where people make the connection because the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and they spake in other tongues. But 
that that does not mean that praying in the Holy Ghost always manifests itself in that way. That was a that was an exceptional case uh, for a special group of people at a special time. So if you'd like more clarification about tongues, please leave something in the comment section below and I'll try to address that in another video. Uh, but by all means, please do take heed to what Jude has said and build up yourselves in the most holy faith, spending time not only talking with the Lord, but making sure you have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to you. If this video has helped, you can click the like button. If you'd like to follow along with our Bible Q&A blog, you can click subscribe. Feel free to leave a Bible question in the comment section below or visit us on our Facebook page, Bible Baptist Church of Pachastruam. And if you live in town, we'd like to invite you to one of our services, and we hope to see you soon. May God bless and have a great day further.